Mmm, that's good. That is the sound of a new episode of Morning Marketing. That's right. It's back on a new day, actually. Thought I'd try around with Tuesday, see how well that does. But yes, I am back. And as always, I'm your host, Brett Deister. If you didn't know that, so let's get on with the marketing news, what's going on. So looks like YouTube, which owned by Google, you actually didn't know that. And if you didn't, well, I'm wondering why. Uh, has actually uh, added more things from the Google account, especially for the ad sets to, you know, help with better targeting, ad targeting. That's what it's all about, everybody. If you're not ad targeting, you're you're probably doing a little bit wrong. Uh, but no, this just helps out with um, figuring out what people, what their likes, dislikes, uh, customer match targeting, which allows them to, or allows, I should say, a retailer to say, well, we want to target people that say have signed up to receive special offers for this or may have searched for a specific sweater or a sweater or just they just love sweaters and then kind of help them, uh, you know, get to the right uh, advertisement because that's what it's all about. If you get to the wrong person, you're just wasting money and we don't like to waste money. I don't like to waste money. Um, but yeah, so it's been apparent that YouTube has been going further and further into like AdSense, Google Analytics, and all this stuff because obviously it should. Because it, I mean, why, why, why wouldn't you want to do that? I mean, it's just one of those things that um, we should all be doing as marketing is figuring out better tools to actually help us with this. So this is just a slow march for uh, Google to be a. Uh, to be going towards um, kind of more of unification in some ways, not in every way, because there's some things that Google does doesn't do very well. But this is one way that they are making sure that they are unifying their brand and under more of the ad targeting site than anything else. So there's that. Just to be honest with you on that one. Now moving on to Twitter and its little debacle. I think it's a little PR debacle, I should say. So. Let's take a step back. So when President Barack Obama, or former President Barack Obama, I should say, uh, got onto Twitter, he had the POTUS account. So there was that. And so everybody followed his account. I don't know about the vice president or the first lady, but at least I know that they followed that. Now people are upset because Twitter has forced everybody to follow POTUS, POTUS, and the VP. And so people are upset about it because it's a very divisive nature in politics. My thing is, why are you complaining about it now when you were okay with it before? It's just the inner, the hypocrisy is amazing sometimes. Uh, but my thing is, is that it, it caught Twitter some flack because people don't like to hear uh, President Trump speak. And that's their right. They don't, if they don't want to look at it or see it, they don't have to. They don't want to. I'm not complaining about that. They have every right to do it. My thing is, is that. Maybe Twitter shouldn't have jumped the gun on this whole, let's follow the president. I get what they were trying to do back then. It sounded like a good thing, but you have to understand is that not everybody likes every president, especially this one. And it's just making you a little bit more divisive than you need to be. And there needs to be less divisiveness. And so as a marketing, as a marketer and a PR person, we always got to like balance it between how far do we go and how much can we be and more, I should say, how conservative we can be with just pushing the edge 
a little bit. It's like inching towards the edge of being edgy or being um, with a different type of opinion, but it's just so enough where it's not too bad, where it gets a lot of backlash, but not so much that your message is lost with everybody else because there is this kind of balancing act. Now, Target tried to do this as well, and it backfired them on the bathroom policies. Uh, so, like I said, every company has to tell, has to like walk that line. It's a very thin line of how much you can do. And I don't know about this. Should everybody follow the president? Maybe. Uh, that's up to the person. I kind of ignored uh, President Obama's tweets nine times out of ten anyway, so I never cared. Uh, so he could say whatever he wanted to. I'd be like, yeah, okay, whatever. I, I don't care. Uh, but some people actually did. Some people are rising against the machine, rising against the, the patriarchy sometimes. It still doesn't make any sense about that one to me, but uh, has not helped Twitter very much. That's the only thing. Has not helped them very much. Uh, they did say that they, there was a mistake and that they are going to fix it and it was a glitch, which as a PR marketing person, and we all know it's probably not as true as they would like to say it. It may be actually just a huge glitch, but it was already established thing back then for everybody to follow the president of the United States. So it probably was like, oh, shoot, maybe we should not do this. Now, the worst part is, is not that everybody could follow it, is that if they try to block or unfollow, it didn't really stop them from see, receiving the tweets. So that's another thing that they're going to have to deal with. I don't understand why this is a big deal, and I don't think it should be as a big deal as people are making it, but it's social media. It's the nature of it. Hyperbole is the currency of social media. If you don't have the most hyperbolic statement, you are doing it wrong. But that's more of a, on a consumer side and a personal side than it is on a business side. You can do it on a business side, but you do pay for it in a lot of different ways. So I do want to remind everybody that's marketing, yes, try to do some innovative things, but also outweigh the cost of it. Because sometimes the cost isn't going to be that great. Just a little tidbit for you. Also, um, moving on to LinkedIn. Now, LinkedIn is, well, I haven't gotten it yet, but it's going to be updating its website. That's right. The mobile app has been updated several times. And it's very, it looks very clean, modern, and very good. The web has been a hodgepodge of old meets new, and it's kind of clunky. It doesn't really work very well. It does work, but it does. It, you really have to know what you're doing with it to know you're, you're getting away around it. Um, if you haven't used it for a while, you'll forget. Uh, it's just not as easy to use as the other sites. I would almost compare it to the Snapchat of the web because Snapchat's fun and great, but you, if you're first using it, you're like, I don't, what, there is no explanation here. What's, how do I do this? Uh, so there's that. Um, like I said, it looks very nice. Now it's going to be focusing more on the content quality than what it was before. Um, if you have used the beta version of the company profiles, it's quite similar to that. Uh, so it won't take it back. Also the, the uh, button bar is completely revamped. Uh, there's home, might networks, jobs, messaging, and notifications. And there's more if you want to look at more stuff as well. So uh, I have not gotten it yet, so I haven't been able to really test it out yet. But 
I do like this change. I think this is a way better change than what it was, and what it was was not very good for the web. The mobile app is a completely different story. That was actually a pretty good update. It has actually worked really well. It's just the mobile, I mean, the website of it, it has been so good. They kind of almost like almost forgot about it, or it seems like they almost forgot about it. They just didn't really care as much as the mobile app, which I completely understand. The mobile app is where a lot of people go, and that's where a lot of people use. So there's that. Now moving on to Pinterest. Pinterest has made a new uh, option for marketers to do campaigns and ad groups within the campaigns as well. So you can do ad group, you can uh, basically uh, put your budget, start end times, bid and targets, and then put promoted pins on it. So it's basically, if you want to think about it as a picture, uh, there's the campaign, you can do the campaign type lifetime spend cap, and then you do ad groups, and you can do different ad groups. You don't have to have the same one. So you can have multiple different ad groups running at the same time, which is another great thing, because this is what's all going to help Pinterest become more viable. It's all what we want, because Pinterest is a really good site. I like it. I'm also really popular on it for some odd reason. I just did a good marketing on myself on that one. Um, now, to be honest with you, I'm going to be kind on this one. For Pinterest, I never actually sought out to be popular on it. I sought out to actually understand it. What happened along the way is that I got so good with pinning and finding different things is that I got popular at it as well. So there was a catch-22 with it. It didn't happen with every social network that I signed up for, and that's completely fine. I just want to test things out, and that's my main uh, goal about that is to test it out. So what I think about this, I think this is actually a really good uh step for Pinterest. Pinterest has been slowly doing updates. They don't do as many like updates as, let's say, Instagram or Facebook or Twitter does, but they do do updates. Um, for right now, I think there's not a lot of buzz around it, uh, only mainly because it's Pinterest. You do your things on Pinterest that you differently from Facebook, and they just don't do as many new features as Facebook does. They've been a little bit quiet about it. I mean, the biggest one was the buy buttons. And that's been a slow moving thing as well, which is fine. I hope they go to WooCommerce so I can use that instead. Um, but uh, I like this as a marketing perspective. I like this as a kind of consumer of it and a user of it. I like to see a little bit more um, updates for it. I like to see a little bit more of like new features to it so people don't forget about it. I and people haven't forgot about it. They've like they originally said they had 150 million users they're good but i just don't want to see them die i think that's my main concern because it's a good site it's fun for a while i go on to do other things but that's that's it's more my nature um anyways moving on to TripAdvisor. so TripAdvisor's, well they're changing their mission a little bit which is good from a business standpoint, but from a user trust standpoint, it's on shaky ground. So what they're doing is they're tweaking their ad products to allow hotels and restaurants to buy premium services to maybe feature photos, feature reviews, and, and the like. I mean, the whole point is, is that they want businesses to pay so they can you know keep TripAdvisor running. And uh, what this does is that it creates kind of a Pandora's box you if you will, if people will actually trust TripAdvisor. I know they've trusted it for a while because of what they have done, but now it's a little bit of a different um, ball game because 
if you know that your the hotel or the restaurant's going to be running their own account, it could be interesting. Now, if they do actually um, have strict standards on what the hotel and restaurant can and can't do, that will be a good thing. But the decrease in trust is going to be a huge thing as well because now if the hotels or businesses can actually um, dictate what uh, what's going to be shown and what's not, that could really hurt the trust factor of it. And to be honest, with a lot of businesses, it's all about trust. When people stop trusting you, they stop believing in your product and they stop going to your product. And that's the biggest thing. If you start to lose credibility in your trust, you're going to have to do something majorly big to win it back. That's hard because it's easy to build it and it's easy to ruin it. Hard. Well, not as easy to build it, but it's easy to ruin it. Hard to build it back. I mean, a lot of businesses have had to build their trust back, but it's taken them years to do that. So I hope TripAdvisor knows what it's doing. I hope they understand the risks involved with it. Um, as a marketing person, I actually do like this because I can actually control and dictate what's going to be said and what people see first. But from a consumer standpoint, I'm like, but what's if, what, what's if I can't see like the average like reviews and like how many reviews are there? But it also leaves to the user. The user should be able to scroll down and see what other reviews are. I like to look at the positives and the negatives and kind of aggregate them together, seeing like, eh, it's a pretty good spot or yeah, not that good. Um, that's just how I do it. Um, maybe because I'm a marketer, I know that it's just good to read all of them or most of them because you need to know the good and the bad because everything has good and bad to it. It's just a part of life. Right, moving on. So Staples is actually going to be do, doing an easy button. And no, not one of those plastic ones you just hit and nothing actually happens, but an actual easy button that will order things for you. Yeah, weird. So if you didn't know, Amazon, I mean not Amazon, Staples for a while has had this ad campaign about the easy button. When something went awry, they just click the easy button and then it was ordered. I mean, you could buy the easy button, but it really didn't do anything like that. Well, now they're partnering with IBM Watson to do just that, to actually order things. So what it will do is it will, it will actually remember when you buy like blue pens, it will even remember your passwords, which I would say, hold off on that. Don't let it actually store your passwords because I don't know how secure it is. Uh, that's my one thing. But I like the, the fact that it kind of does help with um, office supplies and knows when you're running out, or at least can know when you've ordered things and can reorder it for you, because that's always a good thing someone to remember. Like, what did I order again? What was it? What was it? Uh, so there, there's that as well. Um, but I think it's cool. Now you can order Staples product on the buy button through the voice, text, messaging, me email messaging apps, or mobile app as well. Um, but this is a this is in its beta format, I should say, so it's not available for everybody. But like I said, this actually looks really interesting. It can, it's kind of bringing like the commercial side of non-reality to actually to life. Uh, so there's that. Once again, I am going to say I would not actually trust it with your passwords. Never, ever, ever do that. I would say either put it in LastPass or Dashlane or one of those actually is encrypted. I don't know how safe this one is for security reasons. I would not actually um, do that because, yeah, it's just not a good idea to 
for, for the smart devices, it's just not good right now because I've not seen or heard anywhere where the smart devices actually have good encryption yet. They could. I'm hoping they do eventually. They need good encryption. But they haven't done that quite yet. Right, moving on to DuckDuckGo. And you're wondering, uh, are you playing DuckDuckGoose with me? No, silly goose. I am not. Um, what I am is I'm saying that it's actually gotten really popular. So in 2016, there were 4 billion searches, but it surpassed the 10 billion searches already. But 4 billion in 2016 alone, that's pretty big. Uh, and the reason why DuckDuckGo is so popular is for one thing, privacy. It is the go-to privacy search engine that will not um, track your your queries for you. Google does it, Bing does it, all of these ones do it. People are very concerned about that because they're concerned about how much tracking goes involved because what that does is it helps marketers like us do that. So we also need to understand that this stuff is really apparent and actually really needs to be understood about how far we can track people. I'm all for tracking people to a certain extent, but I also understand the whole privacy of like, I don't like to be tracked either. So we do have to like almost weighed in on that um, balancing scale of how far should I go and should I know every single little thing about people? Maybe, maybe not, depending on how nefarious it is and how weird it is. But the cool thing is, is that other search engines can actually thrive under Google <laughs> in this late in the ballgame. Um, so that's actually a really cool thing. Uh, and even in January 10th, as uh, was one site that I'm looking at, said it had 14,262,000 searches just in, uh, in 2017. It started in 2010, so in seven years, it's actually going pretty good. Uh, so I would... I would actually look into this, see if there's a way to figure out how to be optimized your site for that as well, because that's going to be the biggest thing. Uh, so, like I said, this is going to be another big thing. The privacy one, uh, voice search is going to be a big thing. Uh, there's going to be a lot of things in 2017, but this one you should actually uh, keep an eye on for that. Yeah. Also moving on to keywords and what were the most Worst keywords, most popular. So the worst ones were translation, population, definition, stock prices, and standings. The reason why some of these were not very good was because of, well, for example, definition, Google will put uh, de the definition in the search query, stock prices as well, population size at times, and translation. So all, a lot of these will, they'll actually just put in the, the queries when you search it and you don't have to go to the site. So that's another thing as well. Um, recipes, coupons, and jokes weren't that well as all, so get rid of those. <laughs> they aren't very good. Uh, do not, don't do it, don't even look at it. But the most interesting thing is that the most common keywords weren't that great, especially if they were able to be posted right on the Google search, then more likely people will not be searching for them. Uh, so you have to understand that part about it. Uh, I think this is actually really interesting data into like what's being searched at and what's not being searched at because what you really need to understand is what keywords are going to be the most beneficial for you and which ones are not going to be the most beneficial for you. 
And uh, so just get rid of translation, population, definition, stock prices, and standings because they do not work at all. They're terrible. They're bad. They just don't, they just don't do it. So yeah, be on the lookout for that and make sure that you are understanding about that. Now moving on to progressive web apps or PWA, if you really want to do that. This could actually be the future as it's something that people need to understand about. So you have your, your websites, which aren't really progressive web apps because progressive web apps are kind of almost a light app if you kind of, if you can understand that part about it. Um, Google kind of unveiled it in their last um, uh, conference. The name just completely, it's the last big Google conference in May. I don't remember the name of it for some reason right now, but it's that one. Um, so how kind of it works or how to do a progressive web app checklist is that you have to make sure your site is uh, HTTPS, to make sure your pages are responsive on mobile and tablet devices, that the start URL at least loads while offline. If it doesn't, you're out of luck. Metadata provided for add to home screen as well. First load fast, even on 3G. Site works cross browser, which I don't think would be that difficult. And page transitions don't feel like they blocked on the network. And each page has a URL. Those are the ones that you're gonna have to figure out how to do. Now, how these kind of work is that there's a shell and that usually the shell loads offsite or with very little um, difficulty for it as well. Traditional web pages have all these different things running in the background and they take a little while to actually load. Uh, prior to smartphones and everything else, people didn't mind as much to wait for a little bit, like five, 10 seconds. Now it's under three seconds. You have to make sure that your website loads really quickly. This is why seeing like progressive web apps is gonna be a thing. It's probably gonna be a thing in 2018, 2019 when it kind of becomes a little bit more standardized, people understand it a little bit more as well. There's also something called exemplary progressive web apps and that's, and that's a little bit more involved. So it says sites content is indexed by Google Org metadata is provided where appropriate. Social metadata is provided where appropriate. Uh, your uh, page you use the history API. The content doesn't jump as the page loads. Pressing back from a detailed page uh, retains the scroll position on the previous list. When tapped, inputs aren't obscured by the on-screen keyboard. Uh, there's quite a bit more, um, so. If you are looking to for the future, I think you're gonna to have to look at progressive web apps because they're gonna probably be the future of it as with accelerated mobile pages, which is more of Google search or more progressive search. Ooh, progressive everywhere. Um, but that's that might be the near future of it um, with accelerated mobile pages and progressive web apps. It's gonna be the way people are gonna be wanting to search more often because People want things a little fast. They don't want it to take forever. And this is just a new reality of it. Even if you look at yourself, you're like, yeah, it's probably true. All right, guess what? Google Plus updated. Yeah, you heard that right. It actually updated. Uh, so Google has, I thought they actually, you know, stopped caring about it, to be honest with you, because they haven't updated in a while. But they did a few things by hiding low quality comments. So the big thing is that a lot of people that are popular get a lot of spam. And so Google wants to help combat that. And a lot of other places have done that as well. There's also image zoom. So you can, you know, 
zoom into the image and see all the little pixels that you want to as well. Uh, this is to help with Google Photos because Google Photos is a major product with Google. So there's that. Uh, and also they're going to get rid of the old uh, web version. That's right. It's no longer going to be there. It's going to be gone. It's going to be the complete new version of it. And that is going to be going away uh, today, actually. So don't don't be surprised when it's the new version of it. Uh, also, Google Events has come back because people actually wanted that as one of the most requested things. So that's another thing to actually look out for. Now, do I think that people are going to be starting using it again? Probably not. It's probably not going to have the biggest splash anymore. Uh, I'm sorry if you love it. I'm not saying it's not a terrible social media. It's just not popular. People just were rejected it like crazy. They're like, I don't know why I should use this. Raw. And that's how it is. So I, once again, I'm sorry. If it's your favorite, that's really cool. <laughs> it's just not it's just not popular. Um, but it is interesting about Google not really giving up on this product because I still thought it actually did. Uh, but since the community part of it is so big and so vibrant, I don't think they're going to get rid of it yet. Uh, could they eventually? Maybe. I don't know. I don't know Google very well. Now I'm kind of moving on to a little bit more of an opinion. Uh, so with all the election and everything going on, um, it's hard for businesses, and I talked a little bit about Twitter, but specifically it's hard for businesses um, to kind of skirt controversy and stay neutral. We're all human and we all have our own opinions. Not saying that you shouldn't, not saying that either one is wrong or right, because that's not my, um, that's not how I usually run things. Well, I, I mean, there are things that are right or wrong. I don't believe in postmodernism in any sense, stretch of the imagination. My thing is, is that balancing um, the controversy and making sure that you're not censoring that you're not um, advocating for either one especially if it's very divisive and keeping a neutral tone will probably help you in the long run now you say but i want to fight for right yes fight for right on your own time for your business don't do not try to do it fight for just listening fight for um just being neutral and being like hey i like my country that i live in or something like that, but fight for the neutral stance. And it's more apparent than with censorship. Censorships have been a big thing everywhere. Um, recently, the former CEO of Reddit, Ellen, decided to write a post about censoring the president. I'm pretty sure the Twitter's not going to do that, but they've advocated for that. Now, it's going to be hard um, to say no to it because I'm pretty sure as in most tech uh, industry or most tech people in the industry, they're very progressive, that it's going to be a lot hard. It, it, Jack Dorsey probably would love to do that, but he can't. People want to hear that, especially if you do silence the president of the United States. That doesn't look good for your company as a whole. People are going to be like, see, I see you, you do care about censorship. You do care about this. So as a company, I would say as of right now in this political environment, stay neutral. Stay completely neutral and do not take a side right now because people are very amped up. People will destroy things. They will destroy windows, they'll destroy cars, they'll destroy everything you want because you don't agree with them. If you don't agree with them, that's great. I don't care if you don't agree with them. But as a business, as a business sense, stay 
neutral for right now because you don't know where the backlash could happen. You don't know how bad it can be. If you aren't going to be neutral, you're going. It's just inviting more uh, issues, more crises, maybe uh, to you in the long run, and you don't want to do that. Stay as neutral as possible. I understand there's some wrongs, and fine, be be with it, stand with it, but pick your battles because if you don't pick your battles, it can backfire. And I will always go back to target. And their bathroom policy. It may have sounded great. It may have sounded like a just cause, but the backlash was so great that they lost 20% sales because of that. That's not something you want to get involved with. And that's not something you want to backtrack from because then you're like, well, can't really do this because we're losing money. As a business, especially as a marketer, you are there to make money. You're not there for a political statement unless it's so egregious that you need to. A bathroom policy is not egregious enough, I don't think, to warrant a political stance from. Now, you may think this is a, a right. Well, maybe, but you have to understand that people from all corners, all ideas, shop, especially with Target, shop there. From the right to the left, to the center, to the far right, to the far left. It doesn't matter. You're going to have everybody shop there. Do not, do not do not try to pick your battle lines. Like I said, unless there are always exceptions to the rule, but do your best to wade through that and let the public decide for you. Do not let your business decide for the public. Let the public decide for you because if you're on the wrong side of it, that can be damaging. It happens. You may not like it. You may want to stand up for causes, which is great, but stand up for causes that have real meaning or real change for it, like feed the hungry, uh, have your employees like build shelters. Those are fine. Those are great. People love that stuff. But when you stand up for very controversial ideas, it's going to hurt. And if you're not ready for that, and if you have to backtrack that, it's not a good business sense to do that in any stretch of the imagination. Not saying that you can't do that personally. That's fine. But as a PR-wise type of a thing, Stay out of it. Just completely stay out of it. Let the public as a whole, and as you as a citizen, you can actually do that as well, but on your own time. Do not use it. The company wait and leverage on it, and then can be really wrong about that. That's my only thing about it. I understand it's a difficult time, especially for everybody from the right to the left. I I will even say that. It's, it's difficult for everybody because we're trying to find the best way forward, and we don't agree on everything. That's the beauty of if you live in America, that's the beauty of it. We don't agree on everything. We have to come together and compromise on our beliefs and be like, I'll meet you halfway if you meet me halfway. As a business, you are going, I'm not involved with this. And you guys decide and then we will we will agree. That's 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 how it should be played. Or that's how I see it at least. Uh, moving on to apps and programs you should try out. This week, so there is, there's only only a few this time. There is a website, it has a mobile app for Android and iOS called Jimdo. Um, and it allows you to create websites in just a few clicks. So if you're not really tech savvy, this actually could be a good thing for you. It has templates for you as well. And the pricing, well, there is a price for it. There's always a price for everything. I mean, seriously, will you not be, would you not understand this? Even Wix has it. But if you're looking for an alternative than Wix and everything else, Jindo, well, actually has a free 
one. So I was wrong. So it does have a free uh, version of it. It only has 500 megabytes of storage, which is not that great. Two gigs of bandwidth, still not that good. And you have to have the jindo.com subdomain, also not good. Um, there is the Jindo Pro, which is $7.50 a month. And it has search engine optimization, basic online store, optimized for mobile devices, popular widgets, add free statistics, fast and friendly support, email account, free domain, 10 gigs of bandwidth and five gigs of storage, a little bit better. And then you have the Jindo Business, which is $20 a month, and it has unlimited free domain, basically all the same things you got um, from the Pro, but the, you have a complete online store. So no Jindo transaction fees. Uh, so if you're looking to build up your business, I would check this out. It's called Jindo. Check it out. And if you are a business going and you kind of need a program or a software to kind of give you what's going on with your business, well, BizPlan could that be for you? It will have, uh, you can build it from a guided builder and it'll have a pitch. It will have marketing, all these different types of stats, mark, uh, the market size. It will give you everything you need to actually make it look good. It also has financials, so you can kind of see... Um, your break even, your working capital, your gross margin, available cash, revenue, expenses, everything that you need to be right here. So check it out, especially if you're looking for something that's a little bit more comprehensive and it'll give you so much more, plus allow you to, you know, share with your investors what's going on with it as well. You can even make it into a professional looking book. What's not, what's not to like about it? So check it out, it's called BizPlan. And that is the end of morning marketing. I hope you guys have a great uh, Tuesday, rest of your Tuesday morning and day. Also, as always, please uh, subscribe to Digital Coffee on iTunes, Google Play Music, Stitcher, uh, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio. Also, follow Digital Coffee on all the social medias from YouTube to Instagram to Twitter to Facebook to player.me and everything else in between. Um, also, uh, if you like these podcasts, please consider supporting me on Podbean and Patreon. And as always, uh, check out the 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 store. I got t-shirts, coffee mugs, and a hoodie. It's all good. All right, guys, join me on Wednesday or tomorrow, as that is, uh, for Digital Coffee and all the tech news. All right, guys, have a great rest of your day. Later.